traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Seeking truth and justice in a battleground of deception and corruption, this is The Richard Serrett Show. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! We must not allow ourselves to be intimidated. Our task is not only to win the battle, but to win the war. Repeating, we're not in Kansas anymore. Take a look at this country through her eyes if you really want to see something. Parade of what man's carved out for himself after centuries of fighting. You're out of order. You're out of order. The whole trial is out of order. You have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will atone. Hey there. This is your mad prophet of the airwaves and welcome once again to Radio Free Canada news, notes and opinions from the underground for Friday, December the 23rd in the year of our Lord 2022. And Merry Christmas, everyone. And Happy Hanukkah. Two more sleeps, Declan. Two. And then you'll rush downstairs. You'll tear open the presents and hopefully, hopefully, God willing, you'll hear this sound. There you go. I'm really, I'm really pulling for you, buddy. I put in a good word for you uh, with Santa. Declan wants a toy train. All right, welcome. My day. It, makes it my would day make for a toy train. It would, of course. What little boy or young man in your case? Hello, Jody. There's the. Uh, the big boss there, Jody. Merry Christmas. Uh, did Jody, did you know that Declan wants a, a, tra- a toy train for Christmas? It's true. He does. 
and we're hoping the little fella gets one. He'll be so excited. He can barely contain himself. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the uh, the final live Richard Sarah show of 2022. And uh, of course, you can listen to the best of the Richard Sarah show all through the holidays and into the new year. So keep it right here on Saga 960. And uh, I'll return live Monday, January the 9th, 2023. Uh, no school for the boys. The Toronto Catholic School Board sent out an email last night announcing schools would be closed for in-class instruction. And I thought, geez, that's a little uh, presumptuous. I woke up this morning. It was raining a little. Went out and did a little last-minute grocery and Christmas shopping with the mighty Aphrodite around 11 o'clock this morning. The wind had picked up and it had started to snow, but nothing that should have kept the schools closed. Nothing that would have kept the schools closed when I was their age. I, I, I know this has become a cliche to even say this, but but truly, how soft we are, how soft we've become. We used to walk to school in near blizzard conditions. It's just too way too easy to close the schools now and revert to online learning. But the uh, obviously the boys are delighted to stay home. And uh, of course, there was nothing online offered in the way of lessons. Uh, they are kind of nervous, I have to say, though, about the rink. The ice is not quite solid enough to stand on. And now the snow is starting to pile up and they're they're worried about how they're going to manage to shovel the snow when they can't stand on the ice. You know, it's true. When you have to start thinking about all of these things, when you have a rink, you've got 40,000 liters of water in the backyard and the wind blows branches and twigs and pine needles in there. And then just as it was freezing the last couple of days, Yesterday was quite warm and it began to melt again. Then came the rain and the snow and the wind. And suddenly my boys are like farmers. They're checking the forecast every few hours. Instead of hoping for rain or sunshine, they're hoping for a a sustained period of freezing temperatures. So now I don't know if they'll be skating at Christmas. I doubt it. Maybe New Year's. Now, last year, it was mid-January before we had uh, any decent ice. So, you know, we're still ahead of schedule. I have about 95%, I would say, of my shopping done. But I I may have left it too late. Not sure if I'll be venturing out tomorrow. We'll see what the uh, the road conditions are like. Are we supposed to get walloped again tomorrow with the snow? Jacob, do you know? And and Declan? Do we know what the... uh, Yes, Declan says, yes, we are. It's not so bad now. Anyway, here in Thornhill. Uh, anyway, we'll see what the road conditions are like. And we're supposed to be heading to Brantford, my family, on Boxing Day, Monday, to get together with my side of the family. And I have to tell you, this is going to be a special Christmas for a number of reasons. Uh, my mom is 97 now. And um, my sisters took her out. and She got her hair done and she got her nails and her toes done. And um, she's looking forward to Christmas. And so, and so we were all so blessed really, to have mom with us still. And today, we just found out she became a great-grandmother for the second time. My niece, Kate. Do you remember Kate was on the show uh, several weeks ago, along with her husband, Gael, from the Congo? They had a baby girl this morning. So congratulations to my uh, my sister, Nancy, and brother-in-law, Bob, on becoming grandparents for the first time. And, of course, 
Congratulations to Kate and Gael and older brother Aslam. Kate listens to the podcast in the Congo. So hopefully she'll hear this. So many things to be thankful for this Christmas. So many blessings. You know, I haven't even started wrapping my Christmas presents yet. I, uh, I mentioned my mother. I, I remember when I was five, six, maybe seven. And my mother, bless her heart, she had all the decorations up by the end of November. All the presents wrapped and under the tree by the end of November. So I had to sit and stare at them for like a month. I mean, the anticipation was just too much. It was more than I could handle. And to this day, I have no idea how my parents managed that. Five children. My father worked in a shoe store. My mom was mostly a stay-at-home mom at that time. She worked uh, later, but at that time, she was mainly a stay-at-home mom with five of us. And how they managed to afford all those presents. We had the Christmas tree set up down in the basement, and it... I don't think I'm remembering incorrectly or exaggerating. It seemed like half the the floor in the basement was covered in gifts. I don't know how they did it. But they gave us so many uh, amazing Christmas memories. And now, of course, I'm making new memories with the mighty Aphrodite and our twin boys. You know, I actually proposed to the mighty Aphrodite on Christmas Eve 1999. And that was and remains the best Christmas present ever. When she said yes. All right. Coming up on the show today. Now, Jacob desperately wanted to talk about the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs one last time before the new year. So we'll do that last order of business. The Leafs going into the holiday uh, season, second in the Atlantic division, six points back of the Bruins are just on an unbelievable tear. I don't know if they can maintain that. The Leafs have two games in hand. They're seven points ahead of Tampa. And the Leafs managed to win two in a row before the Christmas break. One against Tampa, one against uh, Philadelphia yesterday afternoon. And speaking of the Flyers, I'll get to Jacob's take on this. There's some, the rumor mill now about whether the Leafs should bring back James Van Riemsdyk. Remember JVR for a playoff run. JVR is currently with the Flyers. So, uh, I'll get Jacob, my technical producer and co-host of The Swing, to weigh in with his thoughts. Greg Carrasco, host of The Greg Carrasco Show, heard Saturday mornings, 8 to 11, right here on Saga 960, will be here for our There's Something Happening Here segment. I'm going to get Greg's take on something I talked about yesterday with Christopher Oldcorn from the Western Standard. Oldcorn wrote a terrific piece about smartphones and how they are destroying a generation. Dumb phones, as he calls them. And we talked about the amount of, or the mountain rather, the mountain of scientific evidence that smartphones are causing cognitive and emotional developmental problems for young people, sleeping and eating disorders. And uh, according to a new study by King's College in London, England, about 25% of teenagers with smartphones demonstrate behavior consistent with addiction. So it's time for parents and schools to say no to teens and their addictive smartphones. I'll get Greg's take on that. Brendan Lang, play-by-play announcer, color commentator for the Mississauga Steelheads, will be here in the second hour. The uh, the Steelheads are off until uh, Thursday. Thursday, which is the start of a a three-game in three-day stint over the holidays. 
Peterborough, and then uh, back-to-back games against Hamilton. We'll talk to Brendan about that. Your calls in the second hour. That's the plan anyway. We'll open up the phone lines right after the news at 5 p.m. 289-275-9600. 289-275-9600. Who gets a lump of coal this year in your estimation? <laughs> and uh, I don't know, whatever is the uh, the opposite of a lump of coal. A nice Christmas pudding, perhaps. Who gets a Christmas pudding and who gets a lump of coal in their stocking? 289-275-9600. That's after the news at 5. The Limriddler. We'll be here later this hour with the final Lim Riddle of 2022 and your chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Mississauga Steelheads at home against the Hamilton Bulldogs on New Year's Eve day, Saturday, December the 31st at 2 p.m. at the Paramount Fine Food Center. Franco Terrazano, federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, has this year's taxpayer naughty and nice list. He's coming up this hour. But first... Did you know that since John Tory, I call him North America's most ridiculous mayor, since Tory took over as mayor of Toronto, there has been a 32% increase in major crimes. That includes assaults, break-and-enters, auto thefts, carjackings, robbery, sexual assault, and of course, murder. How did we get here? How did Toronto the good become Toronto the bad? And how do we get back to Toronto the good? And uh, also reading Joe Warmington's piece yesterday in the Toronto Sun talking about the brutal murder of a Toronto homeless man last Sunday by a pack of teenage girls aged 13 to 16. And Joe Warmington was speculating whether this murder was part of something called a wilding event, a wilding event. Former Toronto police officer and media crime specialist Ross McLean is next to discuss the Richard Serrett show off and running. For Friday, December the 23rd. Keep your stick on the ice. We're back as the Richard Serrett Show continues on News Talk Saga 960 AM. All right, we're going to find out what a wilding event is in just a few moments and uh, talk about how Toronto the good became Toronto the bad in uh, just eight short years, really. All right, major crime in Toronto has increased dramatically since John Tory became mayor. How did this happen? And how do we get back to Toronto the good? Ross McLean is a former Toronto police officer, security specialist, and commentator. And you can follow him on Twitter at Ross McLean, S-E-C. Ross, at Ross McLean, S-E-C. Ross, welcome to the program. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm good to be with you. But, you know, it'd be nice if we could be talking about a subject about how great the city is and how safe the city is instead of just where the city is, has found itself at this place in time, Richard. Well, uh, indeed. And murders, I guess, are down uh, from last year. Although if you go back to 2014, the year before Mayor took over or um, uh, John Tory took over, uh, you know, they're up as well. So, I mean, it, Obviously, we're not going to find any easy answers or any easy solutions, but uh, when did it all start to go wrong and how? Well, I mean, I could give you a bit of a story on that, but there's there's two there's two key points that I saw that sent the city uh, going downhill, Richard. The number one was when they stopped doing carding uh, for doing that. That was keeping an eye on the bad guys, keeping an eye on everybody. Actually, whenever the police met someone, they'd make note of it, put it in a card in a file. And then when something bad happened with someone in that group or in that area, they could go back and see who was there, who's, who the associates were. You know, I had mentioned the other day, I talked to uh, former chief 
uh, Julian Fantino one time. And he, of course, was head of Toronto's homicide back in the day. Uh, and even Mark Saunders when he was chief just recently. And there is just about not a murder solved anywhere in this city that isn't solved with uh, the use of going to the carding files to look at them, you know, mm. previous uh, cancellation of the carding. So that's the one. The police are hampered in their ability to gather intelligence to go solve these problems right away. You know, the next big thing was we had uh, a law brought in by the Harper government to send you to jail for five years minimum if you had an automatic handgun on your person. And uh, a liberal judge uh, decided that that was cruel and unusual punishment and overturned it. It went to the Supreme Court. They supported it without giving a chance to rewrite the law, change whatever problems they had with it. And there really wasn't a problem with the law there. Uh, and as soon as the bad guys knew that you could carry, they all started carrying. And we started seeing the guns and the crimes, the shootings go up and up and up. All right. So we've got uh, let's see, we have uh, a, we had twenty thousand six hundred and eighteen assaults so far this year, and we still have a week left. Ten percent increase over last year. Auto thefts up forty four percent. Nine thousand one hundred and seventy five carjackings now is a, is a I don't know if it's, it's not a new thing, but um, I mean, that really made the headlines this year. All of these carjackings, of course, you know, when, when it happened to Mitch Marner of the Toronto Maple Leafs, I think people started to stand up and take notice. But that's been going on. But now that's really uh, picked up in this city. Um, I mean, what's going on with carjackings? I mean, that seems to be like an organized ring, obviously. Well, it's an organized ring and it's something to do. And I want to point out, uh, it's very good you brought up the fact that Mitch Marner, that's when all of a sudden everybody started paying attention to it. It was going on all over the place before then, but nobody was paying attention to it. So there's Mitch Marner getting it. But where else has crime touched the Leafs? Well, just the other day, the grandfather of the Leaf defenseman Meta was one of the people that was gunned down at the uh, the condo up in uh, up in Vaughan. So crime is reaching out and touching Everybody, you know, I have a, I have a good friend of mine. His wife has got they, they got her a Range Rover, a nice Range Rover to drive because they had a new baby and they wanted the safest possible car they could possibly have. So they got this Range Rover. Well, they're being stolen everywhere all over the city if you're driving one. In fact, uh, I had to go over to her place and check it out one time because they found a, a, a tag put on the car, an Apple tag put on the car. Someone was going to follow the car and go and steal the car. And this is a young mother with her infant child that has to worry about these sort of problems, Richard. So crime right now, where I think it's starting to get at people, is the property crimes have been spreading out and reaching people a lot. And, okay, people aren't crying too much about their property crimes. But now we're starting to see the violent crimes coming out, the shootings coming out, the, the people being stabbed, a woman uh, murdered uh, on the GO train, was it there, just a little while ago? Yes. These are just people going about their lives who turn down and next thing they, you know, they're in a, a CSI investigation moment in this city and nothing is slowing it. Nothing is slowing it. Ross, when we come back, I want to talk to you about that, that heinous crime last Sunday, uh, this poor homeless soul, Kenny, uh, who lo- the only thing he had left to lose was his life and he lost it. Eight teenage girls. Uh, now there's some speculation that this was something uh, this was part of something called a wilding event. Uh, I'm hoping that you can shed some light on that when we come back. Ross McLean, former Toronto police officer, security specialist and commentator back with more of our conversation in two minutes. 
Let's get back at it on Newstalk Saga 960 AM. It's the Richard Serra Show. We are back with former Toronto police officer and media crime specialist Ross McLean. And Ross, reading yesterday in Joe Warmington's column in the Toronto Sun about these um, this pack of teenage girls aged 13 to 16 that uh, set upon this poor homeless man, Kenny, um, before beating him and stabbing him to death. Uh, The speculation here that this could have been something called a wilding event. What is a wilding event? Well, you know, Joe actually covers crime better than anybody. And he's got, you know, he's more in contact with the street and what's going on than anybody you'll ever want to meet. And, uh, you know, he talked to me about about the crime. And what I said to him was, this is exactly, and I knew it was coming here. This is exactly the same sort of thing as what you see on all the social media video, where you'll see people, girls, going crazy at airports, at restaurants, ripping up things, swarming, beating uh, people all in gangs and in groups. It's all over the internet for that sort of thing happening. So when you see those sort of trends happening, they come by via social media like a disease into the mind where people see it and they start to replicate it for doing it. Trust me on that. In all my years doing crime and security, once something starts to become a trend, other people pick it up. And so here we've got this group of uh, of young girls involved in this acting in a way that's just just ridiculous for doing it. But, you know, I'm going to tell you something, Richard. Uh there's not a lot I can say about this. I want to say a lot more about it because there's publication bans on mm-hmm. information for this. Uh, these are young offenders. But I, I will tell you that the public will be very interested and should be very interested at some point to know more about who this victim, Kenny, is. I know that Joe has been close to the uh, close to the ground on finding that out. And there's more interesting things about Kenny to be found out about what sort of person he was. And I mean, he was a good person. He did not deserve this at all. And the other street person that was involved in it as well. So uh, we need to find out more information. These girls. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. What schools did they go to? What family backgrounds did they come from? Uh, these are the sort of things we have to know because the crime in schools right now, Richard, I know you went to school at some point. I went to school. Bad times at school back then was someone wore steel-toed boots when they had a fight. Now you can get stabbed, raped, the crap beaten out of you in the school. And this happens to girls as well. I know I know one girl, she was young. She skipped school for six months without telling her mother because she was going to be beat up and was threatened with knives at her high school. 
Well, York is a York Memorial Collegiate on, on Keel. Teachers launched a, a, a kind of a, a report with the Labour Board because of the how dangerous it is in the hallways. You've got gangs openly fighting in the halls, open drug deals. You've got teachers being swarmed. You've got students wearing balaclavas so they can't be detected on the uh, the, the security cameras. It's like Gotham. Uh, right now, but I just what I just wanted to make sure I understand what's happening with these this wilding phenomena. Uh, as you say, it's like this social contagion on on social media. So, in other words, they are video video with their phones. They're videoing their heinous crime um, and then posting it on social media for for hits and likes. Well, a lot of that does get posted by other people who were in the restaurants at the time when things were going on like that. And you have them happening. And, you know, where this first started happening was about five, five years ago over in Europe. This The whole swarming thing started where you weren't being attacked by one person. You were being attacked by a group. And the first thing they do is they try and trip you to the ground. They trip you to the ground and they try to kick you in the head and they put the boots to you. And there's a whole way of doing it. You can learn just by watching it on social media. But, you know, the issue with the schools, I want to point out, is where people learn. This is where these kids, they don't learn any respect because they don't see respect in the schools. Well, look at the school boards with what they're doing with some of the school boards, the way they're handling it. They're not handling it. Look at the teacher, the way that one teacher is dressing out in the one district school board. Yes. The kids are not stupid. They see that there's no respect and, and they see how dumb things are. There's no one teaching them and leading them. And so they end off going off like this. We had a perfectly good program where we embedded police uh, inside the schools. And of course, under they caved under pr- pressure from activists saying that students would be triggered. Uh, not only should they bring the police back into the schools, I think they should move the whole bloody precinct back into the schools. That's um, my solution. Anyway, it's um, uh, great to lead, to uh, to speak with you, Ross. I want to uh, thank you for your time and wish you a, a very Merry Christmas. You too. And I think your last suggestion was a great one, Richard. For all your listeners, be safe, keep your eye on stuff, and speak up when you see things wrong. Thanks, Richard. Thank you. Ross McLean, former Toronto police officer and uh, media crime specialist. You can follow him on Twitter at Ross McLean, M-C-L-E-A-N-S-E-C for security, at Ross McLean, S-E-C. All right, the taxpayers' naughty and nice list coming up next on The Richard Serrett Show. You're listening to The Richard Serrett Show on Newstalk Saga, 960 AM. Christmas. 
All right. There's Christmas, there's Santa Claus, rather, and then there is the Grinch. And uh, we've had some Grinches this year on the political scene. The Canadian Taxpayers Federation has released their annual taxpayer naughty and nice list. And uh, here to tell us who made the list, who's on the naughty side, who's on the nice side, is Franco Terrazano, Federal Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Hey, Franco, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Terrific. Thank you. All right. So uh, let's just go down the list because time is tight. Who made the who's top number one on the taxpayer naughty list? First of all, the ghost of Christmas waste this year. (laughs) Yep, we were we were all visited by the ghost of Christmas waste in 2022. Let me tell you why. Someone in the federal government who could it have been bill taxpayer six thousand dollars per night for a single hotel room during the Queen's funeral in London. Now, the governor general said it wasn't her. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau won't say who it was. So who could it have been, right? Must have been that ghost of Christmas waste. There you go. 6,000 a night. Yikes. All right. So uh, let's see. Who's number two on the the, uh, the naughty list? Let's talk about the governor general. Mary Simon, you know, Christmas is a time of having fun with your friends and family, celebrating a little bit. And it turns out Governor General Mary Simon got an early start to the festivities this year when she spent nearly six figures on airplane food during her week-long trip to the Middle East all the way back in March. That was the trip where they were enjoying beef wellington, beef carpaccio, stuffed pork tenderloin, again, just on the airplane. So with this trip, Simon is proving that it's always holiday season at Rideau Hall. Right. And uh, I think, you, uh, well, I'm old enough to remember when Bev Oda, cabinet minister, was almost forced to resign over, what was it, a $17 glass of orange juice. $17. That's uh, peanuts. All right. So let's keep moving down the list on the taxpayer naughty list. Well, next up, let's talk about the Bank of Canada, Governor. Tiff Macklem. You know what they say about Christmas, right? Tis the season for giving. Well, Canada central bankers sure love giving. They're giving Canadians high inflation, high interest rates. And Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem also gave his failing central bankers $45 million in bonuses and raises during the pandemic. Now, I think all of us, Santa included, are left with one big question. What in the world do you have to do over there at the Bank of Canada to not get a bonus? (laughs) <laughs> precisely precisely all right now next up on the list is it uh, the uh, saskatchewan finance minister donna is it yeah. harpower harpower donna donna harpower why is she on the naughty list this year well she took taxpayers for a golden sleigh ride <laughs> she, spent, <laughs> she spent she spent eight thousand dollars on a private plane uh, to go to fly from Regina to North Battleford instead of driving. Now, for uh, for all your listeners over there in the GTA who might not be familiar with the trek from Regina to North Battleford, if you leave Regina early, you can still stop at Timmy's, pick up a double double and a bagel belt, get to North Battleford by lunch, and still make it home Christmas Eve in time to open stockings uh, with the kids just by driving. So there's no reason. That Miss Harpower uh, flew higher than the reindeers to go from Regina to North Battleford. All right. So we just have a, about a minute here. Let's uh, let's say who find out who's on the taxpayer nice list. Well, who topped the nice list this year is Al- Alberta Premier Danielle Smith. She hmm. is making the largest debt reduction payment in Alberta's history. She ended a sneaky backdoor income tax hike 
known as bracket creep, and she also suspended all provincial gas taxes. So Miss Smith tops the taxpayer nice list this year. You also have Premier Doug Ford for extending the gas tax cut. You have uh, New Brunswick Premier Blaine Higgs for massive income tax relief over there in New Brunswick. And we also have to give some kudos over there to uh, Nova Scotia's Premier, who is taking a $11,000 pay cut. Wow. There you go. Danielle Smith, Tim Houston, Blaine Higgs, Doug Ford, all making the taxpayer nice list. All right. Franco Terrazano, you're always on our nice list. We appreciate all your uh, efforts this past year. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and your audience. Thank you so much. Franco Terrazano, Federal Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. The Sofa Cinephile is next when the Richard Serrett Show continues right after these. Back to the conversation on the Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. The Sofa Cinephile on the Richard Serrett Show. I'm simply defending Tom Robinson. There's been some talk that I shouldn't do much about defending this man. Then why are you doing it? If I didn't, I couldn't hold my head up in town. You never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view. Miss G. Louise, stand up. Your father's person. All men are created equal. Because do you think Blue Riley ever really comes and looks in my window at night? Hey, Blue. In the name of God. Wow, it gives me chills. Gregory Peck, I have to say, um, my all-time Hollywood movie hero. And uh, we're going to take a special look at... Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. A, uh, a remastered 4K edition, brand new, of the 1962 American drama Academy Award winning To Kill a Mockingbird. Christopher Garitano is the Sofa Cinephile, also an award-winning producer, director. His uh, 2015 Montauk Chronicles won Best Documentary at the 2015 Philip K. Dick Film Festival and Best Picture at the Celludroid Film Festival. And he's also, of course, the creator and host of the wildly popular the Off to the Witch podcast. Hey, Chris, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. What a movie. Finally oh. revisiting things on um, this new system I decided to invest in, a bigger screen and uh, surround sound system. And wow, makes a huge difference. How does it look after, uh, well, 60 years uh, ago it came out? 
Yeah, I mean, again, you know, imagine how it looked back then and the prints that were completely used over and over again, collecting dust and scratches. Uh, and now you're just seeing it in its most pristine form, probably the best it will ever look until we mastered into 6K and 8K. <laughs> and right. You'll feel like you're looking through a window. And for those that haven't seen it or haven't read it, because uh, I don't even know if they they teach if, if that's in the part of the curriculum now to kill a mockingbird. If it's not, it's a crying shame. It's such an important book. It's like uh, immediately it became such a huge hit back in 1960 for Harper Lee. I think it sold 40 million copies It's in 40 different languages. And now it's seen as controversial. But tell people what it's about if they haven't seen it. Number one, that that boggles my mind. I mean, it should be a staple in education, but it's a depression era story. Single widowed father Atticus Finch is an attorney and um, he's raising his two kids in a very small town. And eventually uh, the kids are great and it focuses on their life and their perspectives on things. And obviously this is all intertwined around the same theme, but Atticus is appointed to a man named Tom Robinson, who is falsely accused of rape. And the rest of the film is Atticus Finch doing the right thing and standing up for this man under the pressure of the town, uh, building racism of the time and teaching his kids to be the same. And it, as an audience, we know Robinson didn't do it. You know, we start to see the details and things, but it's it's painful because of what eventually happens. I don't want to spoil it for people who don't know the story, but um Right. Uh, Tom Robinson, played by uh, Brock Peters, one of his finest roles. We just lost Brock Peters, I think, um, earlier this year or last year. Fine oh, actor. Wow. Um, of course, Atticus Finch, played by the great Gregory, Gregory Peck. Peck, one of his great performances. And that's saying a lot because he made so many great movies. Uh, Robert Duvall as Boo Radley, which is an interesting character. It kind of plays an interesting uh, serves as kind of an interesting, well, in the book, a literary device. You know, he's this kind of invisible, ghostly character. Sure. You know, it's the stuff of legend. We all had that. I guess growing up in a small town, there was always this legendary house or something creepy on the block that kids would tell each other, don't go over there. And uh, Boo is this uh, is the epitome of that. However, you know, we know what happens at the end where we reveal the true nature of this person. And I think a lot of that is the theme of the story. It's people being misjudged. Um, and, you know, that happens consistently in our societies. It's happening now in abundance. I think this movie could be or this story in general, the novel or the movie could be more powerful than ever right now. Absolutely. We need it more than ever right now. To Kill a Mockingbird, now out, remastered uh, on 4K, available Blu-ray, DVD. Just very quickly, Chris, give us a sense of some of the uh, the goodies we get in the uh, in this package. So, yeah, the 60th anniversary edition deservedly has a ton of documentaries, perspectives, commentaries, extras, and like everything you could ever want. And that's the reason for these editions. Obviously, the main event is the movie and it's mastered beautifully. The sound is the best. You'll hear it at home so far, right? But documentaries, uh, several feature length documentaries, commentaries by Alan Pakula, who produced the film, um, you know, commentaries, uh, interviews with Gregory Peck. There are a lot of them obviously archived, but um, some of the stuff is new. And, you know, you'll be sitting through this stuff for a month. And, it, and it's it's fantastic. If you love movies, you learn so much about not only the production, but everything we're discussing, the relevance of the story. 
Yeah. It makes me want to go and read the book again as well. Uh, how do we get a copy of, or sorry, how do we listen to off to the witch, the podcast? Sure. Go wherever you find your podcasts and search off to the witch. All right, Chris. Great work as always. Thank you so much. Thank you, Richard. First, we filled your mind. Now, let's twist it. This is <laughs> the Limb Riddler. All right, the final Limb Riddle clue for 2022. The Limb Riddler, obviously in a festive mood. How are you, Limb Riddler? Exactly. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited for Christmas morning. So is Declan. He's looking for that toy train set. (laughs) (laughs) And you have a a seasonally appropriate Limb Riddle for us today. Uh, But before we get to that, let's just explain how it works. Yeah. Well, of course, you're, you're searching for one word. There are four clues uh, in the limb riddle, and all all of them point to the the same uh, the same word. The clues seem to be describing different things, but that's because the, the word has very different meanings. All right, and of course, it's always easier to read the limb riddle clues rather than hear them on the radio. So, if you go to uh, limbriddles dot uh, limbriddles dot com, limbriddles dot com, is it limb riddle or limb limb riddles? I should know this by now. Yeah, uh, limriddles.com. Yep. Lim, okay, limriddles.com. Yes. I had it the first time. Limriddles.com. And uh, while you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way, you get the Lim Riddle delivered right to your email inbox every Friday, right about this time. And that way, you can you can read it and try and solve it, but also listen on the radio because it's lots of fun. And uh, so, we're looking for a one-word clue. And uh, this week's Lim Riddle is called Furnish the fur. Furnish the fur as in a fir tree. Right on. And it goes like this. Furnish the fur with magnificent splendor. Upgrade the options from fender to fender. Even the edges of eyebrows and hedges. New Year's resolve to be fitter and slender. Oh, that's a good one. All right. Send your one word answer to info at limriddles.com. Info at limriddles.com. Be sure to put 960 in the subject line. That way we know you heard it right here on the Richard Serrett Show on Saga 960. And then be sure to be listening just before the news at six when I reveal the answer to this week's Lim Riddle and announce the winner uh, of a pair of tickets to the Mississauga Steelheads home game Saturday, December 31st against the Hamilton Bulldogs. Lim Riddler, you have a fantastic Merry Merry Christmas and a healthy, happy new year. And we'll speak to you in the uh, January of 2023. Right on. Thank you, Richard. And same to you. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. The Lim Riddler. (laughs) Solve this puzzle. The Lim Riddler. Every Friday at 4.50 on the Richard Serrett Show on Saga 960 AM. All right. Hour two awaits. We'll, uh, We'll speak with the executive director of the Canadian Physicians for Life, Nicole Scheidel about Health Canada financing a children's activity book explaining doctor-assisted suicide. Can you believe it? How creepy is that? Also, we'll uh, take your calls, 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600. I'm asking you, who gets a lump of coal and who gets a wonderful Christmas pudding this year? Uh, and we'll also speak with Brendan Lang, Mississauga Steelhead's play-by-play and color commentator. And uh, Greg Carrasco will be here for our There Is Something Happening Here segment. And uh, finally, we'll uh, check in with... 
Jacob Goldback, and we'll do a little leaf talk. The Richard Serrett Show, hour two, coming your way in about three minutes. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Seeking truth and justice in a battleground of deception and corruption, this is The Richard Serrett Show. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! We must not allow ourselves to be intimidated. Our task is not only to win the battle, but to win the war. Peter, we're not in Kansas anymore. Take a look at this country through her eyes if you really want to see something. the Richard Serrett Show, our final live program of 2022, but be sure to be listening to Saga 960 and uh, the best of the Richard Serrett Show all through the holidays, and we'll be back live starting Monday, January 9th, 2023. Coming up later, last order of business. Well, last order of business, of course, I'll uh, award a pair of tickets to the Mississauga Steelhead uh, next home game, and that's happening Saturday December the 31st, a great way to usher in the new year on New Year's Eve day. It's a 2 p.m. game at the Paramount Fine Food Center. And um, then, or before that, rather, Jacob Goldback, my uh, technical producer, also co-host of The Swing, heard Mondays at 7 p.m. here on Saga 960. We'll do a little leaf talk. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. Our beloved Toronto Maple Leafs. The rumor mill is picking up. There's uh, talk about uh, maybe the Leafs reacquiring JVR, James Van Riemsdyk, for uh, a playoff run. All right. Uh, Greg Carrasco, host of the Greg Carrasco Show, will be here. He's heard Saturday mornings, 8 to 11 on Saga 960. I want to ask Greg about a story I, I discussed with Christopher Oldcorn from the Western Standard yesterday about smartphones destroying a generation. There's a great article by uh, Old Corn. He calls them dumb phones. I mean, you just look at the mountain of evidence now, how smartphones are causing cognitive and emotional developmental disorders or developmental delays. 
with uh, with young people, this uh, study out of King's College in London, showing that 25% of smartphone users, teenage smartphone users, demonstrate behaviors consistent with addiction. And let's not even get into the exposure of pornography with young people because of smartphones. So it's, I'm not saying we ban them. That's probably not practical, but it's time certainly for parents to, to draw the line and say, no, no, you're not getting a smartphone for Christmas or, or severely regulating the use of smartphones and the social media apps and the schools must do the same. I believe they are destroying a generation. We'll also uh, check in with Brendan Lang with the Mississauga Steelheads play by play and color commentator. Talk about the Steelheads. Uh, they're, they've got a busy holiday season. I think they've played three in a row starting uh, the 29th. Three games in a row uh, in three days. We'll uh, also open up the phone lines, 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600. Thinking of newsmakers this year. Who gets a lump of coal and who gets a fine Christmas pudding? All right. Now, this is... Uh, Disturbing to say the least. We've talked a lot about medical assistance in dying on this program. And I'm, I know, you know, the comparisons to Nazi Germany are constant. Everything is now compared to Nazi Germany. But in this case, it's an apt description, especially because the federal government is now, I mean, it's off the rails, medical assistance in dying. They are, they are, they've announced that they're delaying expanding the MAIDS uh, program in March. Let's hope it never sees the light of day because. They want to expand it to people, not only for people who are facing a a foreseeable uh, death, but for people who suffer from mental illness. Can you imagine? And and we know it's happening now that that people who are not facing a foreseeable death, they are simply they are lonely. They are feeling abandoned. They maybe they can't access affordable housing. They are choosing medical assistance in dying, and there are doctors who are signing off on this. It's unconscionable. Well, now, well, now, a, um, a hospice, Canadian virtual hospice with funding from Health Canada, have put out an activity book for children explaining doctor-assisted suicide. How creepy is that? Nicole Scheidel is the executive director of Canadian Physicians for Life, and she joins me now. Nicole, welcome. How are you? Great. I'm very glad to be with you here today. So um, just to kind of describe what this this activity book, what it, like a coloring book explaining how, you know, your grandmother and grandfather are going to be assisted in, in their suicide for children. This is just sick. But what can you tell me, you know, what what, what it looks like and what it's supposed to do? Sure. It's a booklet. So it's uh, and it's aimed at young children to walk them through the steps and to help them explore their emotions around someone choosing assisted suicide, someone in their family. And so it really normalizes the practice. It makes them uh, try to, you know, talk through how they may be feeling about it. Uh, They do. I mean, it's well produced. It's very slick. The problem is, and that's one of the problems, it's so insidious with the assumptions it makes about people with dis- living with disabilities, about um, the way that euthanasia is a normal way to die, is the preferred way to die. 
And it's, um, you know, it's starting, it's aimed at our, the youngest in our society to frame the way they think about this issue. Does the booklet explain the actual procedure, like the drugs yes. used to end a life? How much yes. detail do they go into? Not very much. And they really stress that there's no pain involved, which is not something they can say with any kind of scientific evidence. They've never done uh, scientific studies on the impact of the drugs. Um, there's no autopsies on the individuals who received the drugs to see how their bodies reacted to them. And the drug, the second drug they give, in fact, paralyzes the individual. So, of course, their death looks peaceful. They're paralyzed. They can't respond. And I think it really glosses over and suggests that this is such a beautiful way to die. Uh, do they, aside from the the, uh, the, the drugs themselves, um, I mean, do they do they talk about how this issue is controversial or, you know, do they talk about any of the moral or ethical implications? No, their assumption is that it's the person's choice and their choice should be uh, supported and um, that they're free to make that choice. And so, and that, that there's really no moral quandary around it. Um, there's no, they actually assume that someone who is living with a disability, that that would be a normal choice for them to make would be to choose assisted suicide. And um, do they address the expansion of the program to include the mentally ill? No, they don't. Um, it's, it's aimed at children. So it's very simple. Like here's the choice that someone in your family has made. These are the things that are going to happen and um, you know, help helping them to talk through their emotions around it. They take a lot of the material that's used with children in children's hospitals and how they are dealing with their emotions around illness or around um, grief. And they weave it through this program. So they're taking um, other frameworks that are used in other situations and bringing them into the assisted suicide euthanasia conversation. It's called Medical Assistance in Dying Activity Book. Welcome. These activities will help you think about medical assistance in dying by someone in your life. And it's uh, funded by Health Canada. And it's uh, been put out by the Canadian Virtual Hospice. It came out in July. Uh, again, in order to prepare children who have someone in their life who may have chosen medical assistance in dying. Just have a, a couple minutes here. Um, Nicole, let me just get because the, the, the federal government announced that they are delaying um, the expansion of medical assistance in dying to include the mentally ill that was supposed to take uh, it's supposed to happen in March. That's been delayed, uh, but they seem adamant that they're going to push through with it. What are your what are your thoughts on um, their their plans to expand uh, to the medical the medical assistance in dying to the mentally ill? Well, it's pretty challenging um, to expand. M- euthanasia for individuals with mental illness, because how do you decide who gets suicide prevention and who gets suicide assistance? Really, what happens there, that decision is shot through with ableism. You think people are too old and they should die, or you think they it's um, shot through with um, that people are have disabilities and therefore their life is not worth living and they should die. And so anyone making those decisions is making a decision based on your life's not worth 
living. And so I'm going to give you assisted assisted or suicide assistance. Whereas, oh, you are a person who I think their life is worth saving, I will give you suicide prevention. And when the sole criteria is mental illness, how do you decide that? What you're doing is you're looking at the factors of that person, whether you're taking into account age or gender or race, and then you're deciding actually you deserve to live. And so I'm going to help preserve your life or you deserve to die. And I will help assist your suicide. Yeah. Excellent point. I mean, it's just, it's completely off the rails. And we know now that, that medical assistance in dying is being offered to people who do not have a foreseeable death, but they're, uh, I mean, they are being counseled at veterans affairs to consider suicide. Uh, We have people who, who, who believe that they have been, coerced in hospitals you know been told do you know how much it's costing to keep you in this hospital have you considered medical assistance in dying people who are facing the prospect of homelessness are choosing medical assistance in dying and and doctors are signing off on this it's um it's absolutely uh chilling and we have cultivated as i've said many times a culture of death in this country um nicole i want to thank you for your time and uh I wish you a happy holidays and and hopefully we can talk again in the new year. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me on. Nicole Scheidel is executive director of Canadian Physicians for Life. All right, let's open up the phone lines. 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600. Who gets a lump of coal? Who gets a Christmas pudding this Christmas? Welcome back to the Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. <laughs> I don't deserve to be so happy. <laughs> Let it be Christmas everywhere in the hearts of all people, both near and far. Christmas everywhere. Feel the love of the season wherever you are on the small country roads line with green mistletoe. Big city streets where a thousand lights glow. Let it be Christmas everywhere. Let heavenly music fill the air. Let every heart sing. Let every bell ring. The story Welcome back to the Richard Serrett Show. And uh, Alan Jackson, Let It Be Christmas. I send that out to my lovely bride, the mighty Aphrodite. I think that must be right up there as one of her favorite Christmas carols of all time. And, well, it's not a Christmas carol per se, Christmas song, let's say. And it's uh, one of mine as well. 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600. Who gets a Christmas pudding this year? In terms of newsmakers, politicians, in other words, who's deserving of a Christmas present? I would say a Christmas pudding goes out to uh, Alberta Premier Danielle Smith. Who gets a lump of coal? Well, the list is too long. <laughs> Who doesn't get a lump of coal? 
289-275-9600, And uh, just have a couple minutes here to take your calls. I wanted to share this with you. With you. Um, not the, a Babylon B. I was going to say not the Babylon B, but the Babylon B. They're back on Twitter, thank God. Thanks to Elon Musk. Wonderful, satirical uh, Twitter feed. And uh, they've done a wonderful, wonderful parody of the song Mary Did You Know, which is a beautiful Christmas carol. This is called Biden Did You Know. Have a listen. Biden, did you know that your policies would drive us underwater? Biden, did you know that your policies would trans our sons and daughters? Did you know that your policies will punish what is true? that you subscribe to does not subscribe to you Biden did you talented folks at Babylon B. All right. When we come back, we'll take a look at the, uh, the Mississauga Steelheads. Brendan Lang will be with us from the Mississauga Steelhead broadcast team. Stay with us. The Richard Serrett show coming back with more conversation in three minutes. The bull session continues on the Richard Serrett show. News talk saga, 960 AM. 
All right, welcome back. Let's talk Mississauga Steelheads. Brendan Lang is, well, he wears a lot of hats. He's uh, play-by-play. He does color commentary. Uh, He's also host of Tips right here on Saga 960 AM. Brendan, how are you, my friend? Good. How are you doing today, Richard? Terrific. Well, the uh, the Steelheads kind of head into the winter break on a bit of a skid. Uh, How important is this break for the team? Can it uh, act as a, a reset for them? Yeah, I think that's definitely the the best way to look at it. We talked about this on the last broadcast. Myself, Laura, and Zach kind of said, this team really just needs that reset like you were talking about. They came into this year really expecting to be one of the top teams in the OHL and definitely in the Eastern Conference. And it just hasn't really worked out that way. They've, you know, there's been a different, uh, some different areas that need improvement. But yeah, for sure, I think this break is definitely something that they can use to their advantage. Um, and just kind of, you know, maybe just take some time away from the game, not really think about hockey for a little bit. And then once they're back, hopefully they can get back into that, uh, those winning ways. Have almost a week off, but then they, things get busy. They they resume play on the 29th, and then they're going to play three consecutive uh, days, games on three consecutive days. How important is this stretch of games for setting the, the, the tone, let's say, for the second half of the year? Yeah, it's huge. And I think this is their fifth three and three already this season. And that's a lot of games. And, it, you know, it's been different over the past couple of years where the, the schedule was a bit different last year. They were only playing teams in their own conference. So now coming back and it's going to be tough after having this time off to get right back into a three and three. But it's huge. Like you kind of just alluded to right there to set the tone and, and the trade deadlines coming up to January 10th is the is the deadline. So we possibly could see some moves coming too, but just the stretch of games is massive for them. I was going to ask you about that because just before the team went off for winter break, they, we saw some pretty big moves. Uh, one, which was made by Mississauga. They sent Zach Lavoie to Niagara. Uh, can we expect Mississauga to make a move as the trade deadline nears? Yeah, I think so. Zach, the Zach Lavoie trade kind of came as a surprise, I think, to a lot of people. Um, and talking to James Richmond, the head coach and general manager of the Steelheads, he said, that it really was Lavoie who who wanted a trade. He wanted out of Mississauga. He wanted a chance to maybe get going in a different place. So they traded him. They wanted to get a player back for him, but they couldn't do that. So they just get some draft picks for him from Niagara. Now, most likely, I would think, um, just from where this team is sitting right now and where they were thought to be coming into the season, I would think that he wants to take those draft picks and possibly flip them towards uh, trading for another player. Earlier on in the year, there were thoughts that it might be a defenseman, like maybe a name like Braden Hache was brought up. But now with Zach Lavoie not being on the team, there's kind of a void there because he was playing on the top line as well. So there's something there, too, where they're probably going to have to go out and get a forward as well. Uh, Captain Ethan Del Mastro, he's uh, away from the team. He's representing Team Canada at the World Juniors. What kind of role? Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. 
Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. Uh, can fans expect to see him play on Team Canada? Yeah, I mean, he's going to play a pretty big big role, I would think. This is his second go-around with Team Canada. He was on the team in the summer when they won the gold medal. He was more of like the seventh defenseman in that tournament, but now assistant captain for Team Canada. He was paired on that top uh, defensive pairing with Olin Zellweger. So I would think he's going to be a big piece to that team, and he just really brings the physical presence, I would say, and he's a bigger guy around six foot five and really plays with that edge. And that's something that Canada hasn't necessarily always had. When you look back into the summer, it was more so skill guys back there who can move the puck. Um, but this year, there's a lot more size on the back end. And, and they can move the puck as well, and they can skate well too. But he's just going to bring that physical presence. And he's a great leader, being the captain of Mississauga, like you alluded to there, now the assistant captain of Canada. So there's a lot of qualities that uh, people can look forward to for him uh, playing for Canada. Uh, who do you think uh, might be a... Um a second half breakout candidate for the Steelheads in 2023? You know, that's that's a really good question. I think somebody like Luke Misa is somebody that that you would look to, um, to to really produce here. It's his second year now in the OHL. And Luke Misa is somebody who uh, Jacob Goldback right here loves and um, always says that uh, he's going to break out. And really, he is a big name um, coming here in the second half. And then on the back end, too, you're always going to look to guys like Del Mastro, but Parker Von Richter, a young player. This is his rookie season. He's an 06, a 16-year-old, and he's somebody who's been good all season long, but he may be able to maybe even take that next step here coming in the second half. All right. Well, Brendan, I want to uh, wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and the, the same uh, to everyone on our fantastic Mississauga Steelheads broadcast team. Thank you so much. All, all right. Thank you. Thank you very much, and uh, ha- Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's to you as well, Richard. All right. Hey, to get your Mississauga Steelhead tickets, don't forget to visit the Paramount Fine Food Center box office, or you can call them at 905-502-7788, 905-502-7788. Greg Carrasco, host of The Greg Carrasco Show, is coming up next. We're going to talk about smartphones. I mean, I know, I'm sure smartphones is a, a big ticket item on a lot of uh, teens' Christmas Christmas wish list this season. Uh, but it might be time for parents basically to start saying no, no to smartphones. A terrific uh, article from Christopher Oldcorn of the Western Standard. Yesterday, we talked about it. He calls them dumb phones. He says they are destroying a generation. I agree wholeheartedly. Time for parents to say no. Time for schools to say a hard no on smartphones, maybe on school property, period. All right. That conversation starts in about three minutes. Stay with us. The Richard Serrett Show on Saga 960 AM. Just having a little chin wag on The Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga 960 AM. Something's happening here. Just say no to the smartphone. What says Greg Carrasco, host of The Greg Carrasco Show? Hey, Greg, how are you, buddy? I'm very well, thank you. Um, you know, finally enjoying a little bit of a, a, a bit of a break. Um, I decided to take my vacation. So this is vacation, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? It looks like you're in an igloo. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm trying out this, uh, this new lighting system because I usually take this interview with you in my car. That's right. But, but um, it's so windy and crazy outside that I decided to just 
switch it up a bit. Nice, nice. Are you doing the show tomorrow? I, I am, yes. We're going to have a Christmas special. Fantastic. All right. Uh, why don't we preview that and then we'll get into our uh, our topic? Uh, you know, I um, this this past year was an interesting year. I mean, uh, personally, it was one of the biggest years that I have ever had uh, from a personal growth. And uh, what I wanted to do tomorrow was to share with the audience all my takeaways. Uh, you know, some of the things that I learned this year, some of them were really tough lessons to learn. But some other ones were, you know, things that you can apply into your day-to-day quotidian life. Um, so I'm going to get my group of my crew to come down. Monday Mike is going to be there with me. Uh, we're going to play some Christmas carols in the Carrasco version of them. And uh, <laughs> we are hoping to um, to get as many people upset as possible at the fact that we're celebrating Christmas. <laughs> okay, excellent. Yes. Uh, so let me ask you, uh, speaking of Christmas, and I'm sure there are a lot of uh, young people out there that, that are hoping for an iPhone or a smartphone of some sort under the tree this year. And yesterday I was speaking with Christopher Oldcorn from the Western Standard. He wrote a, a very poignant piece um, saying it's time for parents to say no to smartphones. He says he calls them dumb phones. He says they are destroying a generation. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, we can't ban them, but we can certainly as parents either say, no, you're not getting it until, you know, you're 18 or, you, you know, buy one on your own when you leave the house uh, or we can severely regulate their use. What say you? I'm very conflicted with this, you know, and as you, you know, send me a bit of an idea of what the topic of today was, um, you know, I, I couldn't help but thinking that the problem is not the smartphone, but the lack of parenting that our society is allowing parents to have. Let me explain. Um, you know, we live in such a consumerism, as, you know, con- consumers of, you know, we consume so much in our society that that forces to work more. The more we work, the less time you spend at home. The less time you spend at home, the more your kids have become unsupervised. So now, you know, parents seem to find these electronic devices to babysit their children in their absence. This is a, it's a, it's a far more pervasive problem than you may think. Um, you know, and what I can, I can say to you is this, that, I don't think that a lot of people take into consideration the tremendous responsibility that it is to become a parent. And uh, if you want to have a child, but you are not doing the parenting, you are literally setting that child up to fail in the future. You're setting them up for depression. You're setting them up for substance abuse, for promiscuity and whatnot. And now you shove the knowledge of the world, good and bad, into this little electronic device when the child is looking for something or someone to pay some attention to him or her or it these days, um, what do you think is going to happen? It's, it's, it's honestly, it's like the, the trifecta of problems. Um, I don't think that they should be banned because I don't think that the government should intervene at that level in no, it's any way, shape or form. It's no, not it's not practical. But I do think that maybe we should have licenses to have kids. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is I'm, I'm calling on parents to be parents and and either say no to their kids with smartphones, uh, because that's a hard thing to say now for parents. No. Remember that word? No. Uh, I used to hear that a lot sentence. when I was a kid. I heard that a lot when I was a kid. No. And I'm thankful for it. But or at least because I understand, you know, there are practical reasons to own a, a phone. You know, we want to keep in contact with our kids. We, we want them to call us if they're out late somewhere. Um, you know, so we can give them a ride home. We want them to be safe. Uh, but we need to also at the same time severely regulate 
their use. Maybe the idea is you don't get any apps on your phone. You can use it to you can use it to text me if you need to. You can use it to call me if you need to. I need to see who you're calling and who you're texting. Uh, but no TikTok, no Facebook, no scrolling on Twitter for, you know, three, four hours a night. I, I don't disagree with you. The, you know, I, I do believe that our parents need to stop being their kids' friends and start doing the parenting. Uh, also, I, I don't think that you need a smartphone to communicate. In case of an emergency, you can still have one of those uh, flip phones. A flip phone um, is fine, yeah. You know, precisely. So if it's about communication, fine, have a phone. But if it's about mindless entertainment, you know, I, I, I've done this exercise in my office, Richard. And from time to time on our sales meeting, we go into our phones and we look at daily usage. And, you know, to find people that the average daily use for the phone is five, six, seven hours a day. You can have a university degree within two years if you get that much attention to an actual educational aspect of your life instead of just mindless scrolling. You know, we're in trouble, Richard. We are in trouble. Yes. Uh, King's College uh, in London, England, did a study. They said 25 percent of teenagers demonstrate behaviors consistent with serious addictions uh, in terms of uh, their their smartphone use. And um, again, we're looking at a generation that is suffering from cognitive delays, emotional development delays, all because of these smartphones, they are, they truly are, I believe, ruining, destroying a generation and something has to be done. You know, I'm going to overly simplify this because one of the things that bothers me the most is the fact that in today's generation, younger generation, they do not know how to make eye contact. Mm -hmm. You know, you walk into the mall and you see people staring at the ground to the point that you look at somebody in the eye and they, they think that you're being aggressive. No, this is the way that humans normally exchange a neurolinguistic communication that we so need in sales. You know, our new salespeople are having a really tough time relating to customers for that very reason. Exactly. It, they, they are erasing our humanity. All right, Greg, I want to wish you and yours a very blessed Merry Christmas, uh, a healthy, peaceful, prosperous new year. It's been great getting to know you, and I look forward to uh, getting to know you more in 2023. I, I echo that sentiment. Merry Christmas to you and your family and for everyone listening to the show, which are tens of thousands of people. I hope you have an amazing 2023. Go get it. Don't wait. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Greg Carrasco, the Greg Carrasco Show, heard Saturday mornings 8 to 11 right here on Saga 960. Some leaf talk when we come back. Let's rejoin the conversation on The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk Saga 960 AM. Mark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn king Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled
is Albert Sinatra, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, one of my favorite versions of that song. All right, let's round out our last live edition of the Richard Serrett Show with a little Leafs talk with my technical producer, co-host of The Swing, Jacob Goldback. Hey, Jacob, how are you? You know what? I'm a bit tired. It's been a scramble here getting ready for the holidays, but excited to have some time off and uh, doing good, doing good. All right. So uh, let's do a a quick report card of the Maple Leafs uh, first uh, first half of the season. I mean, uh, they're 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 looking good. I must say they rolled into the uh, the Christmas break with two wins in a row, once uh, one against the division rivals, Tampa Bay. And then yesterday's afternoon tilt against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Give them a letter grade first half of the season. It's kind of hard to give them a letter of grade just because, as has been the case for the past few years with this team, it doesn't really matter until the playoffs because we know they're going to get there. I'll give them a I'll give them an A minus just because I've been very very impressed with how the goaltending situation has played out. Uh, you know, losing Jack Campbell was was not easy for them over the offseason, but they have replaced him with Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov have been fantastic. Uh, and and the core four, uh, Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, Marner, have been absolutely tremendous all season long so far. Uh, there's a lot to like with this team. There's also a, a few concerns that I have with it. Uh, so it's, I think it's hard for me to give them anything higher than an A-, minus. but it's been fun to watch them for sure. All right. And chief among your concerns would be what? Well, the glaring hole, and I think I've said this on the show before, but it's that second line winger, uh, that second line with Marner and Tavares. It's been a revolving door of wingers that have been playing with them. I think the idea was to have Nick Robertson be the guy, but he's been a bit underwhelming when he's played, and now he's on IR for the next few months. So we don't know what his status is. They had Denny Mulgan playing there and he just wasn't really producing. So that's been a pretty big hole for them all season long. One which I hope they'll look to address at the deadline. Well, that um, uh, leads us into an interesting uh, discussion regarding the rumor mill. And there I've noticed online a number of uh, let's call them hockey pundits. Uh, floating the name James Van Riemsdyk, who, of course, played with the Leafs and then uh, went back to Philadelphia. JVR, I mean, he has a, a real knack for a, sc- a score, a goal scoring knack. He likes to tip in pucks in front of the net and so forth. Uh, would he slide into that second line winger role? Yeah, and JVR has played with Mitch Marner in the past, too. He put up some pretty good numbers playing with Marner in the 27-18 season. My concern with him playing on that line is I think his game reminds me a bit too much of John Tavares. Both are a bit older at this point and have lost a step. And they both kind of have that net front, you know, deflecting pucks, pouncing on rebounds. They both kind of have a similar game style. I just don't know how well JVR will fit in on a line with Tavares. Uh, I think... I would, and I know it's a bit more unrealistic, but the kind of guys that I w- am going to be hoping for is a guy like Bo Horvat on the Vancouver Canucks, who might be available, maybe even Patrick Kane from the Chicago Blackhawks, maybe even Vladimir Tarasenko from the Blues. I just think they need someone a little bit more dynamic and failing any of those guys, a, a, a more lower end guy that I would like that I still think could fit in pretty well in that top six is uh, Andreas Athanasiu from the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, he's a pretty speedy guy. So I think he will, will complement Tavares and Marner pretty well. Uh, Athanasiu, what would that cost them in terms of what would it be a, a draft pick, a regular player? Uh, what would the cap hit be? Yeah, it's always hard to know until that first big move is made. It always seems like there's a trade that's made and that's going to set the tone 
for the asking price of players over the course of, of that trade deadline. Athens CU a couple seasons ago went for two seconds, which I think people at the time thought was quite a bit. I don't think he'll go for that much at this point, but I still think it would take a second or a third round pick to get him uh, or even a depth guy. The least have a lot of solid depth forwards. I could even see them moving on from a guy like, like uh, Pontus Holmberg. If it means you're going to improve your team right now. All right. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's reconnoiter back in uh, 2023 and we'll, uh, we'll have lots to talk about with the Leafs. I'm sure Jacob, I want to wish you and, Declan, of course, a very Merry Christmas. Thank you for everything that you've done for the show. I couldn't do it without you guys. Appreciate it, Richard. Thank you so much. And now, your Lim Riddler answer and this week's winners. All right. This week's Lim Riddle was called Furnish the Fur. Fur as in a fir tree, F-I-R. Furnish the fur with magnificent splendor. Upgrade the options from fender to fender. Even the edges of eyebrows and hedges. New Year's resolve to be fitter and slender. And of course, the answer is trim. To trim your tree means to embellish it with decorations. Uh, Upgrade the options from fender to fender. The trim or grade of an automobile refers to different versions of the same model, including varying levels of performance, features, options, and extras. Even the edges of eyebrows and hedges to trim hair or hedge uh, involves cutting off small amounts to make things neater, straighter, or tidier. New Year's resolve to be fitter and slender. In the, uh, the body image context, trim can mean slim, slender, and fit. There you go. And the first five to answer correctly were Tom Dibley of Halliburton, Kayla Dibley of Auckland, New Zealand, uh, Joan Marie. Oh, it's all in the family. Joan Marie Dibley and Markham Duncan Ruxton in Thunder Bay. And the winner of a pair of tickets to see the Mississauga Steelheads in action December 31st against the Hamilton Bulldogs at the Paramount Fine Food Center. Caroline Baird of Oakville, Ontario. Congratulations, Caroline. All right. Don't forget, if you want to uh, see the Mississauga Steelheads in action, you can visit the Paramount Fine Food Center box office or call 905-502-7788. 905-502-7788. All right. That's it for me. My thanks to Jody, Declan, and Jacob. Again, Merry Christmas all. I want to wish you all listening out there a very blessed and Merry Christmas and a happy Hanukkah and a very happy, healthy, peaceful, and prosperous new year. Please continue to listen to Saga 960 AM over the holidays when we'll be presenting the best of The Richard Serrett Show. I'll be back January 9th of 2023, God willing. I'll speak with you live next Monday, or sorry, not next Monday, Monday, January the 9th at 4 p.m. Don't be late. Until then, I remain unbowed, unbent, unbroken. That's it. That's all. For more Richard Serrett Show, podcasts, blogs, and other stuff, go to saga960am.ca. Stop talking past each other and start talking with each other. We'll see you Monday afternoon at 4 on The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960am. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? 
President Biden's administration is making major decisions and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy.